Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now, a few weeks ago, the uh, Res kids in Sunday school were watching a video when one of the children said, turn it off, turn it off. And she said, they said a bad word. Well, not having the slightest clue what they could be referring to, the teacher said, what word? Child said, the L word. And at this, the teacher was even more confused. And she asked, what L word? Loser, came the reply. Now, obviously, this child had been told that it isn't nice to call somebody a loser. And it's not. So why do we do it so often? Now, I, I know you aren't yelling the L word at people, except maybe when they cut you off in traffic, but why, why does that little voice in our head call us that? Loser. Mark, you loser, why can't you ever remember anything? Why do you always put your foot in your mouth? How come you... Last week I was talking about how frustrated people can get when they expect to have a perfect Lent that's going to give them the perfect life that they always wanted and then when things don't go the way they expect, when they don't measure up, well, that little voice says, loser, why can't you keep your pledge of giving up chocolate? It's only 40 days. Why did you forget to say your prayers last night? Or read your devotional from Kate Bowler's book, Good Enough. We're just one week into Lent, and already you're falling behind, you loser. Kate tells the story of an article written to encourage busy mothers to find time with God. And it lifted up the life of, of John Wesley's mother, Susanna. And she was lifted up as an example of what a busy mom can accomplish if they just set their mind to it. It said that even though Susanna had 19 children, she still found time to pray. When she needed time with God, she would simply cover her head with her apron as a signal to her kids that it was her prayer time. And then she would have that peace with God. Now, obviously, her kids were not like my kids or any kids that I've ever known. Now, kids, Daddy needs his prayer time. So while I cover my head with this towel, you're all going to be very quiet. You're not going to pinch your brother so he yells out and gets in trouble. You're not going to sneak into the kitchen for a cookie while I'm not looking. You're not going to sneak outside either and get all muddy just before we have to go. You're just going to sit there and read your Bible lessons until I'm done, all 19 of you. I don't think it would go down that way. Susanna Wesley was an overachiever, and I'm not really sure how inspiring that is to the average parent to hear stories like hers. I think that 
They were more likely to cause a mom to feel like a loser. If Susanna can raise 19 perfect children, how come I can't find time for God and I've only got one? Stories like that cause that little voice in our head to say, I'm just a loser. There's a lot of that L word flying around. And most of the time we direct it at ourselves. But that's not nice. Jesus doesn't call us the L word. And neither should we. Listen to what Jesus does call us though. He doesn't call you loser, he calls you friend. John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. And he calls you a child of God. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's John 1. He doesn't call you loser. God calls you loved and chosen. 1 Thessalonians 1.4 For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. The Bible doesn't call you loser. The Bible calls you royalty. 1 Peter 2 You are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And the Bible says in Romans 8, Therefore, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if God isn't calling us the L word, why do we? If God isn't condemning us, why do we condemn ourselves? Loser is truly an ugly word. We should just turn it off, as that Sunday school student demanded. But loser isn't the only There are other L words that make life difficult. And sometimes it's not as simple as just turning off the TV. Sometimes the L word that we face is loss. I received a word this week that a cousin of mine uh, fell, hit his head on a bedpost and died. And it was an unexpected loss. For his wife, it was a double burden because she's battling with dementia. And so now her rock, her support is gone as well as her memory. You may never hear the L word going off in your head saying loser. But every one of us has to deal with the L word of loss. Kay Bowler tells the story of hiking through an Indiana forest. And she came across a spindly tree that had snapped off at the base and fallen off the side of a cliff. Except it didn't completely fall off. There was a little bit of the trunk that stayed attached to a little bit of the roots. So now it found itself alive, but broken and completely turned upside down. And that's how loss feels. We're broken, our world is turned upside down. It feels hopeless and helpless and we're not strong enough to do anything about it but just kind of stay that way for a while. That's what happened to the tree. 
For a while it just hung there, growing but upside down and growing further and further down. But then one day it made a turn. It wasn't yet strong enough to grow up, but it turned sideways and it began to grow. And then after a little while longer, it decided that sunlight was a good thing and it made another turn and it started growing upward again. When Kate saw that this tree had made a complete U-turn, it reminded her of dealing with the L word of loss. When you're broken and the world is upside down, you feel like you're going to be that way forever. And people will tell you that, oh, it'll get better. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger and all those kind of platitudes. But that just makes it feel worse. Why can't I get through this? Why can't I pick myself up and move on? It can make you start using that other L word again of loser. But eventually you do turn and you stop falling and then one day you find yourself reaching up for the sunlight again. It's not something you do by your own grit and determination. It's something the Spirit does in you. It's a transformation. This this U-turn that 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 tree did, this U-turn that we do in our lives as we come through our times of grief and loss. Well, David talks about it in Psalm 30. He says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. And Jesus also talks about the work that God's Spirit does. He says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him to fulfill Isaiah 61 and comfort those who are mourned, those who mourn, to provide beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning. For all of you who are dealing with loss right now, and I know that it's, that it's many of us, listen to the words that Jesus read from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair now Jesus reads these words in the synagogue in Nazareth as he announces the beginning of his ministry but before he does there's another L word that he deals with do you remember what happens in Luke chapter 4 before, just before Jesus reads this from Isaiah 61? He's tempted in the wilderness. He's tempted by Satan. And, and so you have this, this situation where Jesus is, is tempted and then 
His ministry starts. He's filled with the Spirit. And before the temptation, he's filled with the Spirit again. Or for the first time there, really, in a visible way, he's baptized by John in the River Jordan. So you have these stories that sandwich the temptation. Jesus is baptized. The Spirit of the Lord descends on him. The Lord says, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And then, a little while later, Jesus is filled with the Spirit, and he starts preaching in Nazareth. And you kind of expect those stories to come together, right? Baptize, Spirit, listen, and Jesus starts preaching. But instead, there's 40 days in between there. 40 days of temptation. Kind of this this pause. And there's a word for those kinds of, of times. The time between a past that was Jesus, the, the carpenter's son in training, and the future that will be Jesus, the Savior, the one who will bind up the brokenhearted, give beauty for ashes and joy for mourning. The time between what was and what will be is called liminal time. Anybody ever heard that word, liminal time? A few, few heads nodding. It's kind of a fashionable, fashionable word these days. But liminal means a time of transition. It means a time between what was that we know and a future that we don't know. And, and it's uncomfortable being in that place. Liminal time is uncomfortable time. You have what they call liminal feelings. The feelings of, of tension and uneasiness caused by living in in an in-between time. A time when what is past is gone and we don't yet know what the future is going to be. You know, really, that's kind of what we've been living through, isn't it? We've been living through a, a liminal time with everything from COVID to now the war in Ukraine. And I, de- I describe a, a liminal time like that is like straddling a barbed wire fence. Now, maybe I can get some more hands on this one. How many of you have ever tried to straddle a barbed wire fence, cross over a barbed wire fence? Okay, now I'm getting some hands. Yeah, I knew that. For those of you who don't know what a barbed wire fence is, it's a fence that has these sharp spikes all along it. And when you cross a barbed wire fence... You, you find a space in between the spikes and you, and you press it down and then you lift your leg up to cross over. And if you've crossed enough of those fences, you've encountered a liminal time. And that liminal time is when you get your one leg swinging over and you're coming down and you're wondering, are my legs long enough? Or am I going to get a row of barbs up the backside when I plant my foot down? And as you hang in the balance, wishing your feet to grow another couple of inches, well, that's a liminal time. It's that uncertainty of being being in between and not quite knowing what will happen. And like I said, isn't that what we've been living through with COVID? I mean, we know what life before COVID was. We don't know what it's going to be now in the future. And 
with this war in Ukraine. We knew what life was like before that. But now, what will it bring? We don't know. It's an uncomfortable time. And maybe you went through that in your own life. It has nothing to do with what's happening in the world. But a time between what was and you knew what that was and what will be. And you're uncertain what that future is going to be. That's liminal time. And that L word is just as difficult to live with as it is with loss or being called a loser. Let me encourage you to go back and look at how Jesus faced the liminal time. It's in chapter 4 of Luke. And the devil has chosen that time, that in-between time, to tempt Jesus because he knows that liminal times are difficult. Now Jesus is able to to fend off all the temptations. But notice how the, the story ends. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. He left him until he could come to another liminal time. And Jesus does face that time. That time in between a past that he knows and a future that is not yet written. He faces that in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember when when he's praying and he's saying, God, I don't want to go through what you're calling me to go through. I don't want to bear that cup of suffering. If there's any other way, Lord, please show it to me. But he also says, yet not my will, but yours be done. That's how he faces the liminal time, that L word. He deals with it by turning his life over to God. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Liminal times are scary times. They're uneasy. They're worrisome. But we can pray, not my will, but yours be done. I trust my life to you, Lord. I trust my life to you. Liminal times are just as as difficult to go through as times of loss or times of feeling like a loser. But Jesus has a solution to it all. Jesus provides with what we provides us with what we need to face all those L words, liminal, loss, loser. And it's an L word too, but it's a lot better L word. So this one you can use all you want. It's the L word of life. Remember Jesus' words in John 10.10? If you're memorizing scripture, uh, like we talked about a few weeks ago, um, there's another good one. Probably a lot better than Jesus wept, but it's a little longer. John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. That's the L word that all of us can use. The L word that Jesus gives us. All the other L words are thieves. They try to steal our peace. They try to steal our joy. They leave us with ashes and mourning and spirits of despair. But Jesus 
Jesus gives us life, abundant life, that no L word can take away. Loser brings us down, but Jesus lifts us up. Loss breaks our heart, but Jesus binds them together again. Liminal times test us and try us and leave us worrying, but Jesus overcomes those times. Jesus gives us life, abundant life. And that's enough to face any L word. It's more than enough. Let's pray. Jesus, these are uncertain times. Pastor Julie talked about it in her prayer. We hear it from every source of news. We hear it in our own households as we deal with the worry and the strain of wondering what's ahead. But Lord, with all those L words that may weigh us down and make life difficult this Lent, remind us again of the L word that you bring. Life. Life in you. Life to the fullest. Life abundantly. Thank you, Jesus, for the life you give us that helps us to face whatever the world has and to be victorious. Thank you, Jesus, for life. Amen. Thank you.